This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Are you ready to hear the word of God this morning? Hallelujah. So this morning, I, uh, I'm going to go quickly. So I want you to get ready. How many of you want to see what God sees? So this morning, I, I believe, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us on something that I've titled, Speak to Me. I Can't See. So if you could put that title up, Speak to Me, I Can't See. But to go to <clears throat> where we want to start this morning, If you could open your Bibles to Genesis 3, and we're going to start from verse 1. Let's go back into where this whole journey of ours began. So this is a story, you know, God had made the earth, he had created man, and he had created the womb man, and, um, you know, there's an interesting account in Genesis 3 of uh, God, uh, the serpent, or the, the devil's encounter with Eve. If you're there, say, aha. Uh-huh. Okay, so here's what the Bible says. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you are not to eat from the tree, this tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit trees, of the garden we may eat. Okay, is that better? Okay. Thank you for that. It says from, from the fruit trees of the, in the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said you may not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. Turn to your neighbor, say your eyes will be opened. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate it. And she also gave her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then their eyes, the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So here's a story of where the whole dilemma that we have started. It started with God giving Adam an instruction of liberty. He said to him, you are free to eat of any and everything I've created, but I've put something in the middle of the garden that you are not to eat of. And as long as you eat of any and everything else in the garden, you're okay. But the day you eat from that tree, you'll surely die. But the enemy comes to Eve and, and, and says this, tells her another story. 
And in this story, he says to her, listen, you will not die. In fact, God knows that in the day that you eat of this tree, your eyes will be open. And you begin to be like God, to see as God sees. You will know as he knows. Then the Bible says this. Eve saw that the tree was good for food. She saw that it was pleasing to the eye and that its fruit was desirable to make one wise. Let me ask you a question. Did Eve not see that tree in the garden before? She did. So what type of seeing is this? This is a seeing that came from the hearing of deception. She began to see the tree differently. What we hear determines what we see. What we see determines what we become. And what we become determines what we do. Their eyes were open, the Bible said, after they saw, after they heard and listened to the devil. And what they heard determined the perspective by which they saw the tree, which determined what they became because their eyes were open and now they see a new identity. They see that they're naked and it determined what they did. They covered themselves, yet God had covered them. And they began to live a bit lower than what God had intended them to live. The tree was always there in the garden, but it did not affect them. Their eyes were opened after they heard, saw, and partook. Were their eyes closed before? No. Adam and Eve saw what God saw. They saw everything from God's perspective. The tree was always there in the garden, but it did not affect their day-to-day -day living. It did not affect who God said they were, did not affect what they had access to, what they had, what they enjoyed, etc., etc. The tree was evidence that Adam and Eve lived at a higher level. And that level was loving God and choosing to obey him. In the midst of God's promises, the tree stood as a wall of opposition to their accesses. But as long as they were in God, that was inconsequential. It was irrelevant. But it didn't mean the opposition was not there. They saw their opposition and continuously received their breakthrough because they were in God. This year, Pastor Tom said, you will see your opposition and receive your breakthrough. Most of us spend our time running away from opposition. But therein in opposition, if we're in him, is breakthrough. Tied into Adam and Eve continuously being in God was a whole of mankind 
and the way we would become, the way we would live, and the relationship we would have with God. Could it be that tied in into your breakthrough, tied in into my breakthrough, is a bigger perspective that you and I don't see that affects a whole community? You see, the tree remained inconsequential until Eve chose, heard something different, chose to meditate on it, which affected what she saw. She began to see a different perspective. Then she partook of it. And when they partook of it, their eyes were open and they saw differently. They saw their nakedness. They saw their vulnerability. They were exposed. They did not begin to see themselves as God sees them. What they saw, which came from what they heard, which they partook of, gave them identity. What we partake of gives us our identity. The father that speaks to you is the father that owns you when you partake of what you've heard. And Adam and Eve partook of a lie and became children of the father of lies. And the whole of mankind was tied into that scenario. Eve was right when she responded to God and she said she was deceived. How can the enemy sell her what she already is. He says to her, you be like God. But God had said, I've made you in my image and likeness. They were already like God. So he says to her, you know something God is hiding from you. You know as much as God knows. God was not keeping from Adam and Eve the knowledge of good and evil. He created them to live higher than that. He did not want us to know the devil or be conscious of the devil. God wanted us to know him. And as long as we knew him, the enemy was inconsequential. If we knew him, we would always have the proper perspective of our walls of opposition. We would always have the proper perspective of our enemy, always have the proper perspective of the devil. The Bible does not say they that know the devil shall be equipped and shall overcome him. It says they that know their God shall be strong and do mighty exploits. Our whole purpose is not to know more about the devil. Our whole purpose is to know him. So we're not running around looking for devils, looking for someone to cast out. No, we get busy living for Christ. And wherever we go, we bring goodness. We encounter darkness and bring forth light. Our purpose is to know him and to run after Christ. And as we do that, the Bible says there will be opposition. You know, this pattern is revealed in the story of the children of Israel. 
in Numbers 13. God says to Moses, Moses, at the beginning of the chapter, send the children of Israel into the land that I promised you so that they may see that land. Moses, further down, instructs the children of Israel. Listen to his instruction. He says, chooses 12 of them, and he says, go into this land. Go and see whether the people are strong or weak, whether the fruit there is good or bad, whether it's a good place to live or not. Is that what God said? So the children of Israel went and they did. They followed his, his, his uh, instruction to the T. God had asked them to go and see what he had spoken to them. To go and hear, put a pers- an eye, the perspective of the eye to what they had heard him say. Not to go and compare good and evil, right and wrong, pleasant and unpleasant. But the nature of man is to look at it from the perspective of good and evil, right down to the lowest level. So guess what? When they did go there, they did see the good fruit. They did see the things that God promised. They did see that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But they said, man, there are giants there. And we cannot go into that land because they will overtake us. That land eats its devourers. I wonder whether they saw it eats its devourers in 40 days. And they, 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 they began, they began, became like Adam and Eve. They said, while we looked at this wall of opposition, while we looked at the giant, we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Adam and Eve saw their nakedness after they partook of what God did not intend for them to hear of. And you know the story, they never went into the promise, and in fact, they said, let's go back. Genesis 3, verse 8, tells us the continuation of that story. If you can put that up, get your Bibles out, from verse 3 to verse 11. It says this, And Adam and Eve heard the voice of God walking in the garden. They heard, think about that, they didn't see they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and, and, and his wife Eve, uh, and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees of the garden. And God called unto Adam and said to him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, I hid myself, he said. Listen to God's question. Who told you thou art naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree I commanded thee that you should not eat of? The Hebrew word for heard is the word shama. S-H-A-M-A. That word means to hear intelligently. It implies to come to attention, to obey, to hear with the purpose of obeying, or to cause, to tell, or proclaim. 
Ish, I love the Hebrew. Imagine in that one word, that word is saying you hear intelligently. The hearing that Adam heard God with meant he heard God intelligently with the purpose of obeying, with the purpose of coming to attention, with the purpose of speaking. It says declaring or proclaiming what you've heard. Bringing it into being. And the last one is to call together or cause to hear. The calling together is making visible what has been heard. Let me give you an example of this. And uh, Dr. McCorney used this illustration when he talked about hearing the voice of God. How many of you saw the tanks in November? How many of you saw the tanks? Either on social media. We all saw the tanks, right? In November. How many of you saw the instruction? No one, right? Could tanks get on the streets without an instruction? That's what happens in the spirit. What we see evident goes back to what has been heard. To trace its root, look for the commandment of someone that said, get onto the streets. So that word here, shama, when it says to call together finally, it means like a good soldier. You hear God's voice with the purpose of obeying it, with the purpose of doing it, and then you are going to speak it as you heard it, with the purpose of calling together and into action that which the voice said. Because the moment it was done, so it was. In the army, when the commander says, do this, you say, copy that. Yes, sir. And that acknowledgement is you speaking that I've heard you and I'm ready to obey. And then you go and speak what the commanding officer had said you should do and call it together into being. So the tanks on the ground were evidence that there was a general that gave a commandment. And the commandment was heard clearly with the purpose of obeying it and bringing it into action and calling the troops to be willing in the day of his power. This is what happens in the spirit realm and even in the natural. So although Adam heard the voice of God with this kind of hearing, his nature had changed and he couldn't obey it. He couldn't speak it. He couldn't call it into being. He had partaken of another commandment. So he had committed treason, punishable by death, he was under 
the instruction of another commander. Under the instruction of another father. Verse 10, Adam responds this way. He says, I heard your voice, but it was foreign to me. It's foreign to who I am because I've become another nature. It's foreign to whose I am because I belong to someone else. I no longer see myself the way you see me. So I hid myself because I can't obey, I can't speak, I can't summon, I can't call together what you have said. God didn't ask Adam the how question, which is, how do you know that you're naked, even though the evidence was clear to see? God asked Adam the who question based on the authority that Adam was hearing from. He was asking, who said that? Whose have you become? Because under my instruction, this is not you. You're committing treason. You're not going by the rules of the commanding officer. There's someone else instructing you. The manifestation of what we're seeing is not me. Who's your daddy? Not how is it that you know, which is what we normally, how, did you, how do I even get here? How is it that I can even overcome this mountain? Which is what we ask, based on what we see. By the time we see, it's too late. We go back to who is speaking to you? Whose voice are you listening to? Because if you hear the correct voice, you have a proper perspective of what's in front of you. The tree may be in the middle of the promise, but it's inconsequential to you because you are his. You're under his authority. You're under his cover. You're under his identity. So the tree in the middle has got nothing to do with what he's promised. Has got nothing to do with you enjoying his presence. Has got nothing to do with you enjoying his promises. Has got nothing to do with you accessing his promises. In fact, it's, an, it's, it's evidence that you've been called to live at a higher level. So, we go back to hearing to see the evidence of what we've become and what we are doing. I want to give an illustration. I want you in your mind to picture a spoon. Picture a spoon. Then I'm going to show you a spoon. Have you pictured the spoon? Spoon. Are you okay with this? You are? Spoon? Spoon? Yes? Picture a fork. Picture a fork. Are you ready to see a fork? Fork. Fork! 
Fork. Fork. Why are you saying no? Fork. Do you know where you first learned spoon? It was when mommy was telling you spoon. And then she would show you spoon. And then you became so used to hearing spoon and seeing a spoon, you're able to correlate them. So when you hear something foreign, you say, no, that's not spoon. That's not spoon. My training started with my hearing. And my seeing followed my hearing. Because after I could see spoon, I was still actually and say, ooh, ooh, ooh. And you say, no, spoon. And you say, poo. And you no, spoon. Until it sunk in that this is spoon. So no matter what, whether we say fork, knife, you know this is spoon. The instruction started from hearing. So when you begin to call a spoon a fork, God says, who are you listening to? When you come home and you have a different instruction from what mommy told you, mommy says, who are you listening to? Where did you get that? need to sort out the microphone. Okay. Are you ready? So Jesus says this in Luke 17. He says, no one, when they have lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place under a bushel. But on a lampstand, for those who come in may see the light. The lamp is the body to, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when the eye is good, the whole body is full of light. But when the eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed of the light which is in you. It is, excuse me, it is not darkness. Then your whole body is full of light, having no part in dark. The whole body will be full of light as when as when the bright shining of the lamp gives you light. Other versions say make the eye good. How do we make the eye good? Is it by what it sees? No. To make the eye good, we go back into what was deposited in the spirit. And the gateway to what is deposited in the spirit is the hearing gate. We make the eye good by what we hear. The entrance of his word brings light. Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hopeful, evidence of things not seen. What evidence do we have before we see? We have his word. Before we see the evidence we have, that scripture seems to contradict itself. The evidence we have of the tanks on the ground is the commander's instruction. 
We go back to what you heard. We go back to what you heard in the word. Why? Because verse 3 of Hebrews 11 says this, we understand that the worlds were framed by his word so that things that are seen were not made from things that are visible. We try and create from what is visible. When we are moved by the things that appear before us, the circumstances we face, the giants, the walls of opposition that are before us, we are framing our world based on, on those circumstances. And yet God says you should frame the world based on his word. And we're saying, this thing that I face, this mountain that I face, this wall of opposition that I face, is now what frames me, is now what completes me. And we've raised an idol before God because God's word cannot return to him void. God says, no, that's not who I made you to be. That, that's not my identity. Who told you you're naked? That's, that doesn't sound like my language. That doesn't sound like who I made you to be. So David is an example the Bible gives us. Can I have David and Goliath on stage? Come here, stand here. Stand over here, David. And then I need my Goliath. And face Goliath. I need Goliath over here. And his Philistines behind him. So David's a little boy. He's so little, he's kept from the battlefront. So rejected by man, he's not where the men are. But one day he takes some food, some cheese to his brothers. And he doesn't find a war going on. And yet they left home saying, we're going to fight the enemy. So he gets there and he sees his brothers sitting down. Sit down, brother. These are supposed to be fighting. And when he's with his brothers, he's confused. So he joins them. Sit with your brothers. You know, maybe. But then a giant comes out and is screaming at them. Give me your champion. <laughs> you useless people. You fearful people. If your champion beats me, we will bow down to you. But if I destroy your champion, you will bow down to us. So it says for 40 days they heard the script. 40 days. They're here, here, here. He comes out every day. Shows them the sword. And ooh. When they hear this, it's like a dumbing down as Pastor Bonnie is saying. <laughs> so the script in them that your children of covenant is erased slowly. That I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Job, Jacob is erased slowly. That I delivered you from the hand of Pharaoh is erased slowly. That I am the one that parted the is erased slowly. 
that I am the one that was with you when you defeated the Amalekites, when the walls of Jericho is erased slowly. And while David is with his brothers, beholding this, someone is saying to him, Fork! And he's saying, no. Fork! No. So, in all their chatter, because they hear this and they say, ooh, did you hear him today? His tone was a bit deeper. Have you heard what the Reserve Bank monetary policy? Woo! Zimbabwe is sinking deeper. I think we better get out of here. This is a, a forgotten place. They talk amongst themselves and they say, Ooh, did you? we are mincemeat. They all retreated. It says when he spoke, they all retreated and were afraid. Because when another voice speaks and you heed it, the objective is to get you to be silent. You cannot speak God's will when you're afraid. So it's to silence your voice because a good commanding officer hears with the intention to obey, will speak it and proclaim it, shama, and will rally others to do it. So here's the scenario. And they say, oh, you know what? The king is also so afraid. He's also promised that uh, whoever... Uh, defeats this man will get his daughter as a wife and also not pay and David says excuse me excuse me that is the kind of language I understand favor what did you say what does the man get and they repeat it to him so this is it this is the guy telling him "This, this is what the man gets and around him are other men saying Ah, we're dead meat, dead. He doesn't gravitate to this way. He gravitates to it. What did you say again? Repeat it again. This resonates with my spirit. Why? Because there was someone that anointed me and said I'm set apart for God's purposes. That means favor to me. What did you say again? Then he says, oh, Really? God whispers something to you. By the way, that guy is not circumcised. (laughs) Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of God? That That guy's got no covenant with me. David says, I understand that language. I understand covenantal language. Who is this uncircumcised? Who is this guy? Who? God said, who did you hear? Who told you that, Adam? This guy said, who? Who? It was about authority. It was about hearing. And tied into what this man was hearing was a whole nation's deliverance. What is tied into your hearing, God? Could it be that my breakthrough is tied into you? 
Pastor Nikki, hearing God and obeying him. And being quick to speak what he says. And being quick to rally troops behind Could it be that my breakthrough is linked to you, Lincoln? Facing your wall of opposition. And saying, who? Who? What is behind the wall of opposition that you and I are retreating from? So they take him to the king. He goes to the king and the king says the same thing. You, you, you are youth. Too young, too young, my brother, too young. Then he says, no, 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 no. No. I can't hear your identity of me. Because there's another identity I know of. This identity came while I was worshipping God. While I was in his presence. Go there. While I was in his presence. I got an inkling of my identity in him. He told me who I was. While I was worshipping him. While I was in his presence. There's something about this thing that you're calling fork, that doesn't re- uh, resonate with me. Because this thing is not fork. Because my upbringing says this is a spoon. And I know how to use a spoon. While I was worshipping him, he, he led me to a place where I tore the mouth of a bear and rescued my sheep from it. He led me to a place where I faced the lion. And he says, excuse me, Mr. King, with your high and holy uh, 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 opinions. Who is that circumcised Philistine? He, too, will fall. So Saul says, okay, okay, okay. Let me give you my armor. He tries it on. He says, no, that's not my identity. This is not the equipment and the tools I am used to. This is not made by the stuff I'm used to hearing. The stuff I'm used to seeing. David, come. So he says, okay, go. Must have been saying to himself, this fool, he'll get crushed. But David knew something the king did not know. David was hearing something the king was not hearing. David had become something the king had not become. Whose opinion are you listening to? No matter how high and lofty they are, they could be your older brother, the closest relative, yak, 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 an opinion. That's their opinion. That's not who you are. That's not what God said. That's why Pastor Tom said we'll become a prophetic people in this season. Because we are defined by what God has said. We are defined by what God is saying. We are defined by the identity we have from the Father of light. In whom there is no variation or shadow of turn. Problem is a lot of us are children of the Father of lies. We're listening to lies from our relatives, listening to lies from those in authority over us, listening to lies from those we call our saviors, listening to lies and lies and lies and lies. 
And the lies affect what we see. Because they saw a giant. He saw God's name being defiled. And he said, well, where God's name is being defiled is an opportunity for God to use me and show himself strong. This year we'll place a demand for God to work through us. Not just for Taz, but for the nation that's behind and God's purposes. That's behind. So shut those voices up. You're just an opinion. The only voice I need to hear is say, God, speak to me. I can't see right now. But as you speak to me, I will speak what you are speaking. Then I will see. That scripture tells us we only what we see comes from what we hear. God didn't instruct us to speak about our mountain. He said speak to the mountain and it shall be moved. Because the more you speak about the mountain, the more you see of the mountain. And we become what we behold, don't we? Mark 4 and Luke 8 say this. It's the same story of the lamp and the light. That Jesus tells, but this time he elaborates. He says, no one who has a lamp or light puts it under a bushel. But he puts it where it can be seen. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Nothing that is hidden will not be made known or come to the light. Therefore, take heed what you hear. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. What is seen comes from what we hear. That's why fear intimidates us to silence. And we shrink back. And it's not of God. Jesus says, take heed what you're hearing. Pay close attention to what you're hearing. Because what you're hearing determines the light coming through you. Determines the darkness that is driven out. And he says, what, what, what you hide in secret, when you hide God's word in you in secret, it's literally waiting for a day of manifestation. For David, that opportunity was with Goliath. There was word in him. There was content in him from his presence, spending time and presence in God. It can't help but come out. But when there's no word in there, when the Holy Spirit then, or when you're led to a place where you get into court and he says, I'll feed your mouth what to say. If there's nothing in there, there'll be nothing to be fed. So guess what? Even the little... He says, he that's fed themselves 
What he has, even more will be given. But he that doesn't have, that's hearing another opinion. That's eating of the doctrine of comp compromise. That's saying a foot in here, a foot in there. That's questioning the identity. He says, even the little you have will be taken away from you. Take heed what you hear. Speak to me, Lord. I cannot see right now. But when I hear your word, when I speak your word, I will see what you see. It is in that place of worship that these things were revealed. What we have faith in, we all have faith in something. But our faith depends on what we're listening to. If we listen to the world, opinions, those will be the dominant voices and we'll have faith in a worldly system. It'll dictate our thoughts, our actions, and even our bodies. However, if we depend on the word of God, what he has spoken will determine our present reality. Then we'll operate on an entirely different realm and live victorious faith. Oh Lord, I want to hear. That's why Jesus, have you ever wondered why the order he started with, he said, having ears to hear, they do not hear. I would have thought, man, start with eyes. And then he says, having eyes to see, they do not see. Hearing determines what you see. What you see determines what you become. What you become determines what you do. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.